0: Part two of week one Part-duh. with the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast coming at you. I'm your host, Tim Petrop. Here are my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop, of course. Yep. The twins, which I've just decided I'm going to like, really push more.
1: Because like to- we're twinning all the time. You
0: guys are twins. We don't we don't talk about it enough. Who? What other fantasy twins are there out there? And if there are, who are better than you? The answer is none. The Broto Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Speaking about best, man, I got to tell you, Manscaped, the official sponsor of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, they just sent us some stuff, and I am feeling fresh, as the morning dew on a dimly lit window pane, <laughs> I am feeling fresh as your new shoes that you just opened the box and see. I'm feeling as fresh as a guy who has some shaved balls and no nicks. I love it. I love Manscaped. And with our promo code, Broto, that is B-R-O-T-O, you can go to manscaped.com. And get 20% off plus free shipping on all of their items. But the the lawnmower 3.0 is what we, we want to really talk about right now. Because it's sleek. It's fast. It cuts.
1: It's safe. And it's quiet. And it has a light. And it has a and light. And it's waterproof. And it's wireless. And it has a cool stand to charge it standing up. Bada boom. And the package we got came with an awesome carrying bag that makes everything super easy it also the blade area like pops out comes with a little brush to clean it too so you keep it nice and fresh all the time it's good stuff
0: yeah so support for brodo the brodo fantasy podcast brought to you by manscape who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscape offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for for the best grooming experience, again get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code BROTO, B R O T O in all capital letters at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code B R O T O. And Broto was a name, o. Oh. <sighs> all right, so let's get into our next game. Well, our first game for this episode, the second half slate. The second. Why? Why are you English all of a sudden? So that's how I felt. Oh, okay. That Part du. Um, let's go over to the Falcons. Matt Ryan. You know, you want to hear the most Matt Ryaniest offense stat ever? Sure. The Falcons were number two in overall offense last year with 13th in points scored. That is the most Matt Ryaniest thing that you could possibly possibly do. Oh, I'm Tim.
1: I hate Matt Ryan. Look, Look, you want to hear the most Matt Schwab-y thing ever? Do you guys remember what Matt Schaub did? Matt Schaub, yeah. Against the Seahawks last year as the Falcons starter. Did he throw for like 45 yards 52 or attempts, 460 yards. Whoa. <laughs> I did not remember that. What the fuck? <laughs> Matt Schaub? <laughs> how, is this, how is this completely leaving my memory? Yeah, same. I thought he threw for like 45 yards. I, I was literally off by 10 times the amount. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay, well, uh,
0: that little fan- fantasy lane was great. Um, look, Jamal Adams is going to change things, uh, but they still don't have a pass rush. So uh, it looks like it, it looks like Matt Ryan is going to have a pretty good game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just firing up all the all the Falcons. I mean, the the Seahawks were they were a lot worse than people thought as a defense last season than most people think. Like, their defense was straight up not good, and they just lost to Davion Clowney, which is huge. Because their pass rush wasn't even that great to begin with. They were bottom 10 in passing yards allowed, bottom 11 in rushing yards allowed. I mean, I'm firing up Ryan, I'm firing up Gurley, Julio, Ridley, Hurst, even the Seahawks. I don't even like Hayden Hurst this year, but I mean, the Seahawks gave up the third most points to tight ends last season. I'm firing up Hayden Hurst as well. I mean, I'm lower on him than the expert consensus ranking is because I'm not sold that he's going to be like this huge they, part of the offense. They did add Jamal Adams. They did add Jamal Adams. Uh, wow, I completely forgot that Jamal Adams lockdowns, locks down tight ends. Forget what I said about Hayden Hurst. I hate him again. I
0: was just going to say, like, <laughs> I, I I don't like Hayden Hurst in this game. I honestly
1: think, look, Calvin Ridley averaged almost 16 PPR points per game once the new left. We know what Julio can do, especially against the Seahawks' zone defense. He's just going to find the soft spot. I think Russell Gage even has some appeal here. Oh, you're crazy. Dude, Seattle plays a zone defense. Gage will be the underneath threat. Some checkdowns for Matt Ryan. And he was seeing, all, like, seven targets a game at the end of last season. I mean, I'm certainly not trusting Russell Gage this week. If I you, was just saying. If you start Russell Gage... In no one's re- starting Russell Gage. We talked about everyone.
0: Or, or, all right, but if you start Russell Gage this week, you just have... The biggest set of nuts that you just manscaped in the history of the world, <laughs> I, I'm sure But it. Um, let's go to Todd Gurley. Because one thing the Seahawks uh, couldn't do it as well last year, which is pretty funny, is uh, guard against the run. They were one of the worst run um, teams, run defenses in the league as well. That front, it's honestly that front line
1: is, is, is a problem. And Dirk Cutter has come out and said he wants to get Gurley to touch the ball at least 20 times a game. And this should be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a shootout type. When game. did he say that? Recently? Really? A couple weeks like ago. a couple I weeks ago. Weeks. He, said he wants to get Gurley. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. He said 15 to 20 touches a game, or to 20 plus touches a game. Gurley, 15 to 25 touches a game, something like that. It's a lot of touches. I mean, we're all, I mean, offense. we've also heard coaches say they want to get Taylor Austin 20 plus touches a game. Yeah, so. but the last I, I heard, was clearly <laughs> dumb.
0: The last <laughs> yeah. I heard, it was like, yeah, we like, we want Todd Gurley to be important for us and we're going to like ease him in. Mm-hmm. So that obviously has switched. No, I don't know where you're hearing that from, guy. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's go over. All right, so, I mean, you're, you guys are playing girly then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to the Seahawks and the Falcons. Russell Wilson is what he is. Um, when you drafted him, this is what you signed up for. Some of his best games last year were against his worst matchups. Some of his worst games were against his best matchups. On paper, this is a good matchup, but you just don't know. Anomaly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's what Wilson is. On the other hand, the Falcons secondary besides Keon Neal, who is coming off his second knee surgery, total yuck, is in absolute shambles. Uh, they're starting AJ Terrell who was a second round rookie and Isaiah Oliver who is um whose name is really a really like shows who he is. He's a, he's Isaiah Oliver. Right? Not to be mean, but like, you know, <laughs> He, it's not like he's flash banger. You know what I mean? He's Isaiah Oliver, and that's exactly how he plays. Flash. Um, <laughs> <banger>. <laughs> and uh yeah, so their cornerback situation is not good. They didn't have a good pass defense last year. They won't have a good pass defense this year. I can't and I flash think banger that, right I now. I think that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both have the ability to go off in this game, particularly because the because we we all like the Falcons' offense, which, if so facto, um Lends itself to a high-scoring game, so I think that they'll be passing. I think that they'll hashtag let Russ cook. Shout out to the fantasy footballers, and I think that it's going to be two wide receivers that are playable here for show.
1: One hundred percent. I actually think Tyler
0: Lockett on. is a wide receiver one, and I have ranked him as such in my rankings for week one.
1: They're gonna feast. Those two wide receivers are much better than the cornerbacks, and the quarterback is great. So, yeah, I have, I have. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf ranked higher than expert consensus right now I think both have really big games here as well and Russell Wilson has one of the games you drafted him to have this Falcon secondary is a joke I think that the only way that both
0: Lockett and DK Metcalf don't have good games is if Greg Olsen comes out and steals some work and gets some touchdowns like we've seen the Seahawks throw to the tight end a lot uh, Seahawks tight end Historically, with Russell Wilson under center, has been a valuable valuable position, particularly in the last couple of years when you have Jimmy Graham, who was good, and then when Jimmy Graham left, Will Disley was good there, <coughs> Jacob Hollister was good there. Um, they had that one more tight end that I can't remember his name right now, but he was good when he played. Luke, like, Wilson?
1: N- uh, not Luke Wilson? Not Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson was never really good.
0: He was the other guy. He was, man, his name is on the tip of my tongue, but either way, he was good when he played. Even even down to like like Hollister? I said, Hollister. You said Hollister. Hollister. Even yeah. down to Jacob Hollister. So it's it's a valuable position. I think that Greg Olson could actually be a really good streaming candidate this year. See, this the week. tight
1: end position is where I'm gonna take a a hold here. Let's see how Olson and Disley pan out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch them in this game. I
0: mean, if they're share if they're sharing tight end targets, then we're in a whole different category of what I just said. True that. Um, what about Chris Carson? He's good to go.
1: He'll probably get 20 to 25 carries. As consistent as they come, he'll probably have 90 yards, a touchdown. Right. <laughs> Basically, his line every game. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I have him as my RB12 this week, so a low-end RB1, higher than consensus. I'm all aboard the Seahawks. Underrated pass catcher last season as well.
0: Um, Let's go over to the Dolphins at the Patriots, and the Twins are going to hate me, and I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. One of my favorite guys this week, and you could put it on the board, is James White. Week one is such a crapshoot. I know you don't like him year long, but you got to admit in this game, even if a team brings back the same exact team and the same coaches, they almost never finish exactly the same, especially in a pandemic year. No preseason. The first few weeks in general are going to be driven, I think, by the old steady reliables rather than the new flashy cars. James White last year was second in the team in receptions. He's been on the Patriots for the longest time of their running back core. The Patriots are arguably worse at wide receiver now than they were at this time last year. They're arguably the worst in the league. Cam Newton has not thrown a pass in a year. Even when he does throw passes, 25% of his passes in his career have gone to the running back. I think Cam is going to look James White's way early and often. Also, you have to consider that in Miami's secondary, the strong suit of their defense is their cornerbacks and their secondary. Byron Jones just got signed this year to pair with Xavier Howard at cornerback. The Dolphins were sixth worst in fantasy points per game, giving up to the running back last year in season. Damian Harris is down. Sony Michelle is being eased back in quotation marks, according to reports. Old Reliable Sweet Feet is going to get an opportunity, and he is going to shine. I would not be surprised if he catches 10 balls this game.
1: I have been the Patriots hater all offseason, and I'm just carrying that into week one because I do not want anything to do with any of these Patriots players. Let's see how it pans out. First game with Cam Newton at quarterback and not Tom Brady in literally 20 years for the damn Patriots. They brought in Kyle Van Noy, they brought in Emmanuel Agba, Byron Jones, Shaq Lawson. Those are four very nice pieces. They drafted a bunch of defenders in the draft as well. I'm just not sold on Cam Newton. Cam Newton literally has been one of the worst passing quarterbacks in like our generation. Like He's just not a good passer, and I don't care what anyone says. Yes, he had an MVP season. Yes, he had one very good season. Everything that comes from Cam Newton is through his legs. That's how he's able to do everything. And who knows how that's going to... If he's going to be able to operate that way this season at age 31 after missing an entire season in a completely brand new offense. I'm just not interested in literally any Patriots players this in for this game. And I just really want to see how it plays out because I would not be surprised if this is a, like a 14-10 to 10 Patriots win type of thing.
0: Yeah, but then who's gonna score two touchdowns?
1: I mean we'll see. We'll see how that offense operates. Yeah, I'm not maybe Cam Newman's the best I think running back on that. Honestly, team. I I That's will not disrespect. be surprised at all. At all if Rex Burkhead is the running back that scores. Like I think I think there's 50 fifty fifty shot that Rex Burkhead is the running back to play this week and not Sony Michelle or uh or James White.
0: So let just so the people can go. Just say yes or no, whether you'd start them in a desperate situation. Cam Newton.
1: I mean, I'm not starting. I don't really want to start Cam Newton. I think he's a QB2 this week, though. And it's because of his legs, maybe.
0: Jason. Same.
1: But like a desperate situation, sure. He's, it's not like he's a worst right, option. I forget when I said
0: desperate situation. <laughs> in a situation where you might have to start the guy. Sony Michelle. No, I don't want to start Michelle. James
1: White. No, thanks.
0: What? I wouldn't want to. Oh, you guys are nuts. Uh, yo, uh, Bet, James White, top 24 running back. Oh, yeah, i This in. week? Yeah. I'm in. All right. Um, we didn't make any bets last. Rex Rex Burkhead, obviously no. What about Julian Edelman? You guys have. Nope.
1: Yeah, you guys have. Been, I have been way lower than expert consensus. I have been like flex territory. Yeah, he's a flex at best. Nikhil Dude, Harry. Let's not forget the Dolphins best asset is their cornerback. That's what I just said. I said that. Xavier Howard, Byron listening.
0: Jones. You weren't listening.
1: You hurt my feelings. Well, you guys were ran- – I Honestly, I phased you out. Fuck James White. <laughs> um,
0: Myers, Bird, Rizzo. I don't even know why you put those guys' names on there, honestly, Jason. <laughs> All right, let's go over to the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick's name the starter. So that's got to be pretty good news for Devontae Parker. And before you say, hey, well, Stefan Gilmore is facing him, uh Devontae Parker kinda torched Stefan Gilmore last year. He
1: not kinda he torched him in yeah. the, I mean, but let's not Parker also went zero for zero one game against the Patriots. And then he absolutely torched Stefan Gilmore. But when he torched him is during the second half of the year when Devontae Parker like really blossomed into a stud and with Fitz though. With Fitz, yeah. And I know Preston Williams is coming back and Preston Williams is everyone's favorite guy. I'm not really on the Preston Williams bandwagon at all. I mean, this guy's a UDFA who had a few good games short. He also tore his ACL in Week 9 of last season. Let's give it some damn time before we proclaim Preston Williams to be like this star. I don't really understand why people are so damn high on the guy. But yeah, he went 8 for 137 against Stefan Gilmore last time they played each other. And look, if you drafted Devontae Parker, you probably drafted him in the 5th, 6th round. So you're likely putting him in your lineup to begin with. Sure, his upside is likely limited a little bit. Like the Patriots are not a team you want to play against. But they got destroyed in the offseason. Like they lost so many pieces. Basically, they stole like they stole Kyle Van Noy from the damn the Dolphins from the Patriots. So the Patriots aren't even the same defense either. So outside of Stefan Gilmore and Jason McCordy. I'm firing up Devontae Parker, more for wide receiver three this week, but he certainly has the appeal with Ryan Fitzpatrick at QB. Well, yeah, Fitz has played with Chan Gailey before in Buffalo and New York, and note that those teams are in the AFC East. Fitzpatrick's probably played the Patriots more in his life than anyone else in the NFL right now. New England is a depleted defense. I wouldn't be surprised if Fitz outscores Cam... Which means good things for Parker. I kind of like Williams as a flex play. And on the low, the Dolphins have a completely new offensive line. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. They have three rookies on it. So what are they going to do with the backfield? Jordan Howard will probably get some burn. Matt Breida more of the passing back. It's going to be interesting to see how they separate them. Those are a couple guys I'm not really targeting this game either. I'm yeah, not. it's going to not... be a pass-happy game. Devontae Parker is the only person I'm like playing confidently as a wide receiver three or above literally everyone else in this game i'd rather not have in my starting lineup and would rather wait and see how I'm how they're involved in the game
0: i will tell you this though you and guys in their keep offense, saying a depleted a depleted patriots defense let's let's just think about how depleted kyle van noy goes to miami he's great Jay- Jamie collins goes to detroit also great danny shelton goes to detroit very good um Ted Karras, who, you know, was a rotational player. He goes to Miami. Not as good. Um, <laughs> Nate Ebner goes to the Giants. Eldon Roberts. Names. Like these guys, these are guys who played significant snaps, non starters. But then COVID guys. Patrick Chung, they're yeah. starting safety. Dante Hightower, they're starting their starting linebacker. These guys all opted out. And I know Bill Belichick has seen this before, and I know Bill Belichick can do crazy things. But when literally you lost one, two, three, four, five, six starters on an eleven-person,
1: very good starters too that made them like the league's best defense. Right, that's their
0: that's their core. Like besides the McCourty twins, like it's that's their core. So it's just, I don't know, man. I, I think I might I think I might like Matt Breida and Jordan Howard in this game as well.
1: I'd prefer Howard. Maybe he could rush into the end zone. Someone I don't really like is Mike Kosicki. Yeah, I
0: was going to just bring him up. Why not?
1: Uh, First of all, Changeli's never used wide tight ends. Second of all, the new fun thing to say is, But Mike Kosicki's (laughs) not a tight end. He's a slot wide receiver. And Changeli uses slot wide receivers. Well, you know what? Mike Kosicki was a fucking bum out of the slot last year, too. Yeah, he was awful. So I'm not going to do anything until I actually see him produce. I'm tired of hearing about spark scores. Can Gasicki be good this year? Yeah, if he sees eight targets a game, fine. But let me see that first. And not for nothing. Because last year, he was seventh in tight end targets. He ran the most routes from the slot of all tight ends. He was Miami's only weapon outside of Parker. And he was barely even a rosterable player. Yeah. What are we talking about here? And <laughs> if he lines up in the slot all the time, he's going to go up against Jonathan Jones. who's one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league. Boom. So. Roasted. Gasicki is definitely someone I'm passing on this week as well.
0: Uh, let's go over to the Chargers at the Bengals. The go,
1: Chargers, go.
0: Oh, my God. Did, so <laughs>
1: did you purposely get mad close to yeah, the Yeah, bro. Like what It the was, fuck? like, distorted. It kind of sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> because of the distortion.
0: You know what? Yes. Now, now that I think about it, I'm more mad about it because you're right. It, was, it actually helped it. Yeah,
1: right? Fuck yes.
0: Um, let's talk about Turbo Austin. Turbo time. i right already. Let's talk about Austin Eckler, who is one of the more... It's it's great to see this dude get paid because what he's doing with it, he's not flexing and he's not being like but he's telling his story for the first time and he's like, Hey, you know, you undrafted free agent, you could be me. And you could do this too. And I fuck with that. I also fuck with the fact that he is a ripped athletic animal, um, that people underestimate That's because he's not that tall. Um, so I mean, Austin Eckler against the shitty Bengals uh, f- front seven. Besides, you know, Geno Atkins had a pretty good bounce back year last year, but he's getting up there in age. Carlos Dunlap probably had the best year of his career, but he's a pass rusher. Um, besides that, I'm not really scared of these. this front seven for the Bengals. I, um, yeah, Echler's I, I want feast.
1: Echler. Cincinnati was awful against the run last season. Eckler had 20 touches per game without Melgo last season. And in the seven games he's played without Melgo in his career, his snap rates have been between... 65 and 95%. He's going to be on the field. He's going to get a lot of work.
0: Wow, up to 95%. He's
1: going to rush and catch. And Josh Kelly, maybe he'll have a role at some point this season, but he's a rookie, so let's ease up a little bit. Justin Jackson will get some rushing work, but he's definitely not a pass catcher. And Austin Eckler comes out of the slot, comes out wide. He's going to do great. Yeah. I mean, I feel, like I've, I feel like I've kind of talk Jason Moore into Austin Eckler of late. I was like, look, man, Austin Eckler has literally been a top five option every single time Melgo is out. Melgo is gone, and I know they drafted Josh Kelly. I know they have Justin Jackson, but those guys are not Melgo, and they just gave Eckler a four-year, $24.5 million contract. Like, they clearly like the guy and know he's ridiculously talented. He's going to have more rush attempts than he had last season when Melgo came back. It's not going to be that same split. And like Jason said, he goes out wide and all that. And short. Sure, Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback now and not Philip Rivers. But Austin Eckler is up there with McCaffrey as one of the best pass-catching backs in the game that could do it all. So I'm all aboard the Eckler train again this season. And against Cincinnati, he was just atrocious against the run in every facet There's of the also game. not really many weapons around him. Keenan Allen, of course, has his role as a slot receiver. Mike Williams probably isn't going to play. He He's out. Yeah. Jalen Guyton is the number two receiver on the Chargers right now. So besides Allen, besides Hunter Henry, who I don't love this season, but because of lack of weapons, is a decent play this week, it's Austin Eckler. There's only three guys on that offense right now.
0: Uh, let's talk about the third guy then, Keenan Allen. I like him this year. just got paid. I think that Keenan Allen is the type of guy who who really puts it in his heart. Like, besides the fact that he can torch the Bengals because the Bengals are torchable. Um, I think that he's, he just has it in his heart, like, I'm going to go out and have the best game of my life the day after I get paid because that's just the type of dude I am.
1: Talking about selling high, Keenan Allen is someone I'd sell high right after this game when he goes in against Cincy. Because I think him as a wide receiver, too, this week. I think he's going to have a very good game against Cincinnati, especially like Jason pointed out how with Mike Williams gone, they're really, really thin, so Eckler and Allen should see as many targets as they can handle Hunter Henry as well should see a decent amount of targets so if Allen has a big game he's someone I'm certainly looking to swap afterwards
0: um yeah I mean I don't know if I would I don't know if I'd go that far in swapping afterwards but Cincinnati was 28th in DVOA against this slot receiver last year so obviously uh something to be said there um You already mentioned Hunter Henry. We all like him. What about Tyrod Taylor? You're giving him a little bit... Because, I mean, let's say you like Austin Eckler, you like Keenan Allen, you like Hunter Henry. Henry. You got to like Tyrod Taylor, then. No,
1: the Bengals also allowed almost 500 rushing yards on the ground to quarterbacks last year. Mm, But, I mean, a lot of that was to Lamar Jackson in two games. Fine. But Tyrod Taylor is older, lighter, very, very light version of (laughs) Lamar Jackson. But... It's 5 rushing yards on the ground. They're, they weren't good against rushing quarterbacks last year. And Remember they, that run Lamar Jackson had against them with that spin move against, yeah. like, four guys? We've seen Tyrod Taylor, too, be fantasy-relevant because of his legs. It's He's always a high-floor, low-ceiling guy, and I think that remains. If you need a quarterback 12, I mean quarterback 2 to get you 15 to 18 points, fire up, Taylor.
0: Tyrod Taylor or Derek Carr? Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Um, let's go over to the other side, the Bengals, Joe Burrow. Here's a guy like, if you drafted Joe Burrow as your starting quarterback, then you should be starting Tyrod Taylor. Like there's, there's no reason why Joe Burrow, who's, I guess he seems like a real intelligent kid and he had a great year last year. Dude hasn't played. And now he's going to go in and, and, and just go right into the fire here against a really good Chargers defense who, even though they lost Derwin James, has just an all-star cast of characters. Yep. Like the whole play, the whole thing is is great. Including they were, Chris Harris, who they just added in the cornerback slot.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say they were top three last year in passing yards per game defensively. Like they were great defensively against the pass, and they added Chris Harris Jr. to move back into the slot where he has literally been the best slot corner in the past like decade. I mean, they got they got talent galore over there with Desmond King and company as well. So I'm I'm all aboard the fade Joe Burrow week one train because if you start him just throwing him into the fire against the Chargers, it's not a recipe for success in my book. I agree. I don't love his pass catchers either. A.J. Green hasn't played in a long time and there's a lot of uh, good corners. Casey Hayward on the team. Tyler Boyd probably going to be the most targeted receiver. Has to go up against Chris Harris Jr., one of the best slot corners ever, honestly. John Ross, T. Higgins, Auden Tate all vying for time together. Throw C.J. Uzoma in there. And then there's also going to be game pace concerns. Tyrod Taylor is a guy who runs a running offense who's going to want to keep the ball, and the Chargers are probably going to want to win that way on defense and by running. So I don't really like the pass catchers in this game. A.J. Green I'd maybe take a shot on as a wide receiver three. Tyler Boyd the same, but I wouldn't be surprised if they dudded.
0: The real the real thing, that the way that I think this game rolls out is because you also have to remember, a lot of people have been using this line, quotation marks. The Ooh. Bengals' offensive line has improved this season. End quotation marks. Without going into it, and you look at the improvements that they made, and they've only changed one player on the team, and that is a left tackle who missed an entire rookie season due to an injury, yeah. and now is taking a snap. You thought I was I was concerned about guys who haven't played in a year and eight months against against competition. This guy hasn't played in a. a I mean eight months plus a year, and he's going against Joey Bosa. Yeah. That is a recipe for a disaster. I think this game could get out of hand quickly, and I think that um I think I like AJ Green for some garbage time points.
1: That could be the case. Honestly, I don't I don't hate Joe Mixon this week. Same. The Chargers are better against the pass than the run. This is Joe Burrow's first game. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games where we see Joe Mixon with 30 touches. Yeah, wouldn't be. surprised. But and I do also think pace it like 90 yards. Pace of play might be a problem if
0: if the Chargers go out to a big lead.
1: Joe Mixon never topped 90 yards last season unless he had 20 or more touches. That's why that, I said 30 right. touches and 90 yards. Yeah. <laughs> but I could also I could also see the Chargers maybe challenging Joe Burrow as well, maybe stacking the box and keeping their receivers one on one on the outside, trusting their corners, which would not bode well for Joe Mixon. So we'll see how it goes. It's, I mean, it's a completely brand-new offense, a completely brand-new quarterback. I'm certainly excited to see how it goes. But honestly, there I'm could not. be a million scenarios how this plays out. I'm on the hesitant side thinking the Bengals are going to struggle out of the gate.
0: I agree. I think this one might be the biggest of the of the weekend.
1: Um, let's biggest go. blowout of the weekend. Yeah, I, th- I think that the
0: Bengals possibly put up no points.
1: There's too much hype about the
0: Bengals, man. I, I think that there's a there's a realistic, real shot that the Bengals put up zero points. Hot damn. Because, yo, like... I'm not
1: going to argue. You
0: got a rookie quarterback who hasn't played in a preseason game even. Going against one of the better defenses in the league. Talk about seeing ghosts. Yeah, man. Like, yo, this Chargers defense is star-studded.
1: Yeah. When you could lose Durham and James and still have a... One of the best secondaries in the well, league. it's Dur- how you know,
0: dude. If J- Derwin James was playing, I would have said that the, the Bengals <laughs> Negative. will account. There, there's a couple years ago where um, I was on I was on veterans minimum, and I said that when Nathan Peterson was starting against the Bears, Nathan Peterman, Peterman, I said that the Bears will score more points on defense <laughs> than the Bills will will score on offense, and you were right, and I was right about it, yeah. and I believe that if Derwin James was playing, I would I would bet that for this first game. Um, disrespect to Joe Burrow. C- comparing I mean, not, him to Nathan Peterman. It's not disrespect. It's the guy's never played in the NFL before, and he's, <coughs> never, had a pra- he's never had a rep against an NFL player who wants to rip his head off. True. Um, Fair enough. Let's go to the next game. Four- 49ers at Cardinals. Both of these teams led by innovative offensive minds. Uh, I feel like these are teams that are going to shady have – advantages this year because they're going to be able to check more at the line. The quarterbacks will be able to more freely communicate with the people around them. And I think it's the innovative offenses like these two that may, led by very smart quarterbacks that may be the X factor. So I think that's another thing, another covert thing that people aren't really understanding is like, because now what the Seahawks, they won all those one score games. Right, and they won it with the largest, the the most crowd noise, the twelves. Like, how's that going to affect them not having that, not throwing the offense off their game, you know? And already having a defense that's kind of porous. So, I, I think it could benefit both of them.
1: I I'm I'm a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, when like, there's two sides and they're both pulling at you, Confl- conflicted about this game. There you go. Arizona and San Francisco last season shootout in both games they played. Yet Vegas's implied total for the Cardinals is 20.5 points. One of the lowest in the league this week. So Vegas knows something we don't? Or they just don't believe in the Cardinals?
0: I think what they're they're doing is they're banking on the 49ers defense. That was phenomenal last year. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: COVID-related issues probably. And Kyler Murray wasn't great at the end of last season. Unfortunately, if you drafted him, I don't have him on any teams because I don't draft quarterbacks high. You're starting him this week, and you're gonna hope for another one of those shootouts. So, I mean, he's it's gonna not, need to use his legs. I will tell you this though, because you would
0: the what you said is a very common thing, right? This is a great defense, Kyler. You know, maybe you should consider like you gotta hope. Kyler finished as QB seven and QB six against them in two games last year.
1: That's what I'm saying. I know that's that's where my conflict comes in. Yeah, Vegas, the Cardinals had success. Vegas says otherwise against the Forty ers it's tough though, because I mean the 49ers did lose the Forrest Buckner as well, which is a big loss on the interior for them, which bodes well for Kenyon Drake. Which I think Kenyon, Kenyon Drake had a very good game against San Fran. His first game over, uh, as a Cardinal, nobody really played him because it was like, oh, let's see how he's gonna do, and then he rushes for like 130 yards or so, somewhere around there. Very interesting to see that uh, without the Forrest Buckner, I do think the 49ers run defense is gonna be a little worse, and it was already not the best last season. I mean, they were the most stingy pass defense in yards allowed, but they were middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed. So, when it comes to rushing, Kenyon Drake will have an opportunity against San Fran. It's just, will the Cardinals fall behind really early? And if so, will Kenyon Drake see targets from Kyler Murray as well, or is Kenyon Drake going to be... We're just stuck with like ten to fifteen touches on the game. No, uh, I think that uh I think you'll see targets. The Arizona running back was a workhorse last year. Chase Edmonds had a game with ninety four percent of snaps. Like I don't I'm not worried about game script with Kenyon Drake. He's gonna be on the field almost the entire time. Yeah, I fair agree. enough.
0: I also let's I mean Kenyon Drake I think I, I'm not worried about him. I li- I like Kenyon Drake in this game as well. But I think these, look, the wide receivers for the Cardinals, right? First of all, it's going to be interesting to see how they are lined up, how many of them play at the same time, where are they, where are they putting DeAndre Hopkins. The 49ers allowed the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers last year. That was a very surprising stat when I looked it up. Um I think the problem is I don't know which wide receiver is gonna get it. I really I like Kyler in this game as an underrated um people think this is a bad matchup, but I'm gonna so I'm gonna be good anyway
1: in it. Um but I just don't know. I think if you I mean you have to go with DeAndre Hopkins. Um I'm not on any Cardinals receivers besides D I've discussed on the heat wave and other times that Christian Kirk was inefficient last season and tremendously inefficient and pretty bad. Yeah. He was on pace for almost hundred twenty three targets, I think the number was. And he was doing nothing with them. Larry Fitzgerald is still there. They have Andy Isabella. They did cut Hakeem Butler, but they have Keyshawn Johnson. I'm I'm not starting another wide receiver until further notice. This is a good defense, and we don't know what their roles are. Yeah.
0: Let's go to Let's go to the Forty Uh We do oh need no. to met first. All right, yeah, Dan
1: Arnold hype. Like Max Williams is the starter on the depth chart. I
0: I understand the Dan Arnold hype. He had a good he had a good <laughs> last few games. I get it. Everyone's always looking for a tight end. I get it. No. Not in this game. But <laughs> They didn't really overall. have
1: any weapons. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And Max Williams is there too. So don't tell me about that, Arnold.
0: Yeah, I think Max Williams is there. It's like saying Gerald Everett is there. Some things just That's not even close to the same. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to get your reaction about that one. Uh let's go to the QB. Jimmy G had two his two best finishes of the season against Arizona last week. I mentioned last year I mentioned QB two and QB three overall in the two matchups against Arizona. I think he's a good streaming candidate. We were talking about streaming quarterbacks. I think Jimmy G in this matchup is a good stream. Cardinals were dead last in pass rating against last season. They bring back the exact same secondary again, so they didn't really address that issue at all. Um, I like Jimmy G. Even though he has no types of wide receivers whatsoever, I think he's a good streamer.
1: I think he's a decent streaming option. I just don't see a huge ceiling, especially with Debo Samuel likely to miss the game. And just like Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne as the main outside weapons. I'm not super, super interested in uh in Jimmy G this week, but I do think he definitely does have some streaming potential at the very he least. He had two games of 29 points against Arizona last year. I don't know if that's something you just look over. Like, that's very good. It is very good. And I understand that he has no weapons, but the Cardinals' tight end defense is some of the worst ever. They did draft Isaiah Simmons eighth overall, I assume. Is he's gonna... like third on their depth yeah. chart right now or something. Yeah, he, he is, he's also... which is odd. I mean, he's also... He's like a Swiss Army knife type of guy. He's also a rookie. He's also a rookie, so I, I guarantee you he can't guard George Kittle. I think George Kittle could have at least two touchdowns in Yo this Yo, guys, game. hold on.
0: I just got to give some stats. Historically bad against the tight end last year was Arizona. Yes. <sighs> Kittle was the wide receiver four, in his only performance missed the second game. Tight end? Tight end. In 16 games, the Arizona Cardinals gave up Ten tight end one performances, and when they didn't give up tight end one performances, they kind of gave up ancillary character pseudo tight end performances to um, ancillary character <laughs> you'll get pseudo tight. End. You'll get it for in a second. Taysom Hill and uh, Kyle
1: Youchek, like, I just like the guys
0: who like guys who like were in the tight end role for. Teams they gave who up didn't have fifteen
1: touchdowns, five more than the second most touchdowns allowed to tight ends. That's how bad they were,
0: bro. You, yo you need to, Do you know how many times they allowed the tight end one overall? <clears throat> four, four times. Mm-hmm. They allowed the tight end two twice overall. They allowed the tight end three and the tight end four and the tight end six twice overall. One of those was O.J. Howard's only tight end performance, tight end one performance. And one of them was Ricky Seals Jones. Ricky Seals Bones. So it's not like they're like getting torched by... Crazy people. They're being torched by
1: regular-ass tight ends. <laughs> getting, getting torched by crazy people? I just <laughs> thought of a crazy person, like, holding a fire torch, chasing after someone. Yo, they allowed
0: 10 tight end web performances, and they were— a, a majority of them, nine out of them, were top six tight end performances. Tim.
1: Yep. Jordan Reed?
0: Yo. Yo. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even think about this. Yo, yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, Jordan Reed. Here yes. we go.
1: If you listen to the heat wave, Tim thinks Jordan Reed could be something this year. But considering Debo is hurt, Ayuk is hurt, Bourne, Pettis, and Taylor are scrubs, Jordan Reed... It's probably more talented. Come yes. on, Jay. you serious yes. right now Jordan Reed? I, yes. like, I'm not recommending it. Don't no, start Jordan talk Reed. to but him. But if you're doing like... Yo, I think if Jordan, Jordan you Reed is a great a-
0: DFS play at like $4,300. If
1: you want to do like the 4 o'clock slate, I think it's a 4 o'clock game, and throw Jordan Reed in your tight end slot and get a little crazy, or flex with George Kittle there, who, how many people are going to roster him? We're deservedly deservedly now, zero. No one should start <laughs> Jordan Reed in redraft.
0: But like I said, those
1: wide receivers are Tim hurt, has a man. look at his eyes. What
0: Mike Gasicki or Jordan Reed? Kosicki. Kasicki,
1: but it's appetizing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I'm not crazy, right? Oh, my
1: goodness. <laughs> Jason,
0: you may have created a monster. You may have inceptioned my brain right now into a monster. I'm just letting you know um, because I'm not going to be able to think about anything else except getting enough money in my <laughs> FanDuel account to play Jordan Reed. You guys Reed. are absurd. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about wide receiver Kendrick Bourne? Like, I think we talked about this. Kendrick Bourne would be the guy if you're going to play a guy. Yeah, but... I
1: mean, we have to see... He's like, had
0: good games, though, Kendrick Bourne.
1: But it, his good games are he catches a touchdown. Like, that's right. what his role is. He's the end zone guy. We have to wait and see if Debo's going to play, if Brandon Ayuk's going to play. Let's see closer to Saturday. It's tough to really judge right now with those wide receivers with the way they're, they've been going because, I mean, Debo hasn't played in months now. Ayuk is a rookie who... This is his first game ever. Kendrick Bourne is a veteran who just catches touchdowns. So I'm I it's not like I'm super interested in any of these guys. If Debo Samuel somehow does come back, I mean I'm just gonna I'd probably I'd probably recommend like a flex option because who, who knows if he's gonna be healthy enough to even play a full uh like his full share of snaps. It's it's tough judging these receivers this, this Let's week. Let's also not forget the 49ers are a run first offense. Exactly. I wouldn't who. be surprised if the running back saw thirty touches Honestly, a 15-touch game for Mostert, 10 for Coleman, five for McKinnon. Um, distribution wouldn't surprise me. Interesting. Which means I'm firing up Mostert as an RB2 because 15 touches in the 15 touches, and Shana- the Shanahan offense is great. Yes, I agree about Mostert. I want to say great, but good. I have him four spots ahead of good. expert consensus this week. Coleman and McKinnon. I'll wait and see. The hope is that Mostert sees even more than that. I think Coleman is a is a good flex play this week. I think Mostert has a lot of a lot of potential in this game to have a, a really good one. It's int- going to be interesting to see how this split operates because uh, I do think Raheem Mostert is going to be the lead guy, but we never know Kyle Shanahan, so we'll see uh, what happens this time around.
0: We are almost done with games, halfway through now, um, and we want to tell you about why you're doing these games. Why are you doing these games, Michael? Why do you play these games? To win. Do you do it to win? You do it to W-I-N. That is the only thing that matters. And when you win, you want to rub it in the face of your friends.
1: And to party like a champion.
0: And to party like a champion. And the best way to do that is with party belts. Great deals on awesome looking belts that you can get completely customized. Your own logos. Your own fonts. Your own everything. Championship belt. And not only that, they give you a nice side Netting situation where you could hold your beers. Oh, yeah. And nothing is better than telling a guy, hold my beer. And then he actually holds your beer. And then you go and you give three more beers to other people. And you, you we bought, we
1: bought belts Brodo customized for our Patreon League champions this year and the Dynasty League champions.
0: Yes, we did. And actually, we got to talking after that. And cool dude, we liked him. Brodo and him are in a collaboration. Brodo is the official sponsor of the belts. The belts are the official belts, championship championship belts of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, so get those belts. Make it happen. PartyBelts.com. If you put in the promo code Brodo, B-R-O-T-O, all caps, you get 15% off. And these things are already greatly priced.
1: We also have a, um, a giveaway currently going on for a Patrick Mahomes or a Legion of Zoom belt. So check that out as well. How do, you, how do you do that, Michael? On Twitter, follow us. Follow Party Belts, retweet, comment, reply, and you'll be in the drawing.
0: At Brodo if you don't already know, follow on Twitter. But, yeah, PartyBelts.com. Brodo is the code, and uh, go get your party on, man. Go get your belt on. Go rub it in your friends' faces. All right, so if you hear some noise, by the way, in the back, like we said, we're in the same room for the first time. We had some major tef- technical difficulties. If you listened all the way through to the last episode, it is right now twelve fifty five a. m. in New York City. Dedication. Yeah, because we had we were supposed to start at eight p. m. and then all hell broke loose. Um, you know we're being good COVID followers. I'm a teacher, so like I'm at higher risk. Um, so I try to stay. We're, we're six feet away, but in order to be in the same room together, gotta have the fan on. We gotta have the window open. Gotta have the proper ventilation. Uh, so if you hear the rain in the background, we apologize, but you know for the health. Oh, we just gotta ignore it for now. It's um, better than
1: the way Tim was coming through on the audio, that's for sure. On the computer, yay!
0: Is that true? Is that true? How, was I really bad? I can't. I couldn't really. Uh, couldn't really smell myself. Yeah. So, moving on. Anyway, uh, Bucks at Saints. It's go time, baby! Dropped right in the fire. Right in the fire, these Bucks. Um, brand new. For one of the best and most... Uh, the teams with some of the most continuity. So, bringing back most of the same guys. For the Saints, they basically have the same team as last year. And that's a big advantage in a COVID year, uh, in my opinion. So, let's start with the Bucks. Let's do it. I mean... He wasn't going at Tom Brady prices in the draft, but Tom Brady's on your roster. That means you most likely drafted him to play, and you're probably going to play him here. It's a big test because you don't know. Who does he target most? How aggressive is the play calling? Beyond that, who's the running back? Is this Rojo's team? Can Fernette take over and morph into the fourth West overall pick? Jones. Yeah, so many questions. Does he even see the field? Who's targeted at the goal line? This team is a complete unknown. So let's at least start with the receivers then. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. What do you expect to see? Mike Evans, let's not forget, historically struggles against Marshawn Lattimore. Um, the Saints signed Janoris Jenkins, who was really, really good last year, and Malcolm Jenkins, although he hasn't been in practice well, for the last week or so. They
1: traded for Jenkins at the end of last year.
0: Oh, yes, right. So they still have Malcolm Jenkins. They still have – I mean, no, they, 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 they got Janoris, Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins. They signed
1: Malcolm. <laughs> there you go.
0: Jenkins, The Jenkinsons are all crazy, and good if boy, I can't Tim, even get boy. it right with one, you know I'm going to mess up my Jenkinsons. They got two Jenkins now. That's all that matters. That shores up the defense even more. Um, what they don't have is a weakness, it seems. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, what do you expect out of these guys?
1: Last six games, PPR points against the Saints. Mike Evans has scored <laughs> two, ten. 27-12-0-10. Not great. <laughs> not great. Marshawn Lattimore does it to him, man. And gets, guys.
0: Don't forget, this is the same guy. Remember a, few, a couple years ago, he got frustrated. He grabbed him by the helmet, threw him down, yeah. like got suspended.
1: And let us not and forget that he is injury. now dealing with an injury and it's a game-time decision. Exactly. Uh, it's not looking good for Mike Evans week one, which means it's probably looking good for Chris Godwin. Hey, I mean, if you need to pivot off... Mike Evans, Chris Conley's available. Yikes. Don't do that. Yikes. Yikes. You're talking about if he's out? If he's out. If he's out, Scotty Miller may be interesting. Maybe someone to add. Maybe it turns out that Gronk, Howard, Brate aren't used that much. Because Bruce Herring hasn't really used tight ends in the past. And Scotty Miller becomes a third option. And Tom Brady himself. Our sources tell us. He said to watch Scotty Miller this season. So... I'll keep an eye on Scotty Miller. This game, Mike Evans, I'm a little weary of. Chris Godwin should get peppered with a lot of targets. Um, the Saints' best defenders are not necessarily slot corners. And we know Brady loves his slot guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, they they got Lattimore and Jenkins on the outside, and those are their best uh, cornerbacks. Their, their nickel corner, P.J. Williams, has just been torched year after year as their nickel corner. Not sure why they just keep continuing to have him as their nickel corner, but that's their prerogative, not ours. You just got to know that Chris Godwin is going to eat and to start Chris Godwin. What position were you talking about? Slot corner. It's a joke, man. You said nickel corner 18 times. <laughs> oh, then I changed the slot um, corner. <coughs> you guys are going
0: to hate me. What are you going to say to start Gronk? I think Gronk is a great play this week. I disagree. Look, if you drafted Gronk, I didn't want you to draft Gronk. If you drafted Gronk, you took him in a round to play him. And this game... Look, it's a completely brand new situation for Tom Brady. He might revert to old reliable. I do. Particularly in the red zone.
1: I know it's rumor time right now, but Peter King of NBC Sports, pretty legit dude, said he wouldn't be surprised if Gronk was third in tight end snaps week one. Come on. Yeah, starting Gronk week one is very, very He didn't play for a whole year. It's tough. They also you, got strong safeties in New Orleans. Like their secondary is good, man.
0: You guys, you you got to, I don't
1: know. You got to start them if you drafted them. Demario man. Davis too is good. I mean, they they got a team. Their defense is underrated. They got a solid defense. And Gronk is not someone I'm really all right targeting. I here. smell
0: another bet going coming on. Gronk one touchdown. Equal yeah. equal or greater than my side. You guys less than.
1: I'm down. Yeah, I'm telling.
0: All right. Dan, I'm going to be sweeping the floor with you guys week one. is great. Um, Let's go over to the Saints then. Oh, no. Rojo and Fournette. How could we forget? What the fuck is going on here? We don't even know what's going on back there. Is it Rojo? Is it Fournette? Like, how is it going to not be Fournette? For, for me personally, I can only tell you that I don't know what's going on. So what is my gut feel? I'm playing someone in my... In my money league, the league that we like to that we talk about, our favorite league, the one that we care about the most, and he has Leonard Fournette. He drafted him before the whole this whole ordeal. His backup running back was Alexander Madison. He went a little bit of a zero RB. He took Alexander at Madison out of the starting lineup and put Fournette in, and I'm happy about it.
1: No, that's crazy. That's stupid.
0: I'm happy about it. I just compared don't.
1: to Madison. That's dumb. I yeah, just Madison don't holds
0: no value unless Cook gets hurt. I don't think Fournette is even going to see much of the field at all.
1: I think that Fournette's going to be the main back in this. Whoa, back how he just joined the team a couple Not days ago? Not necessarily this week. What I was going to say—that's what we're talking about. Week one, what though. What I was going to say, cockface, <laughs> is that the Saints are good against the run. They're very good. So it doesn't matter if Fournette, Rojo, or McCoy are on the field. I don't think they're going to have success. So what I care more about now is snap share. Who's going to be on the field? Who's going to be running routes, getting rushes? Because if Fournette, in week one, gets the same amount of work as Rojo, no that way. just tells me no way. Fournette's going to be the lead guy, and he's going to run away with this. That is, that is what you should
0: gather from that information, for sure. But there's no way that happens. I
1: don't know, man. Rodril's not good. They brought in Fournette immediately. And Bruce Arians is not one to tell the truth at press conferences.
0: Yeah, he's not, but I wouldn't True say that. immediately either. They let him clear waivers. Yeah,
1: look, I'm not trying to target
0: either. Yeah, because they don't guys. want to pay him four mil.
1: Right, so not immediately. Because they won't pay him four mil. Because they're not that yeah, desperate. now they're, they're giving not him four, like three mil. They're not
0: four mil desperate, but they're two mil desperate. So wait you're you were misleading in your
1: statements, sir. Tim that's No. That's Tim, Tim is Yes, being I, a- I object. Tim is I being object. a classic Rojo truther right now. No, I'm not. I'm not a Just Rojo truther denying, at all. Just denying facts. Give me a real objection. What's
0: What did you say? I forget at this point. It's fucking guy. About being a Rojo truther. That's going to be the
1: guy that they wanted him or something? That they got him immediately.
0: Immediately, yeah. On on grounds of for false... Uh, objection relevance. False, false pretenses. False pretenses. <laughs> false pretenses.
1: All right. All right. Is that the a real judge thing? Rules false pretenses? in favor of Tim. I, I don't think so. We're losing
0: it. <laughs> It's about that time. It's 1:05 a.m. We're coming off the rails, but we are still thinking clearly and sharply, and we already wrote I, and I'm, we wrote down notes, so we don't. Even, so our past sharper thinkers I'm pretty are really damn doing. Awake, doing and what's I got going all my notes. Right so I'm yeah. good To go. Actually,
1: yeah. me and Jason were just looking out the window, and in the distance there Mad, was like creepy dude. One light and a weird ass woman standing outside. She was scary as fuck. Well, that's why
0: you started laughing in the middle of Mike Evans. Yeah. yeah. I was to <laughs>
1: whisper to Michael's like, dude. I got freaked out. We're in here, and I'm like, "Oh, you guys watch so many scary movies." I know. Spooky, ghosty. All
0: right, <laughs> all right. Let's go over to um, dun, 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 dun. Uh, let's the let's Saints? go over to the Saints. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Big question. How worried are you about the the Alvin Kamara situation in general? Contract not done yet. Although there is rumors that he's about to get a big contract, um, but. Something that got slipped under the rug a little bit is he got an epidural in his spine. Now, he said that he also got this epidural last year and that it's no big deal. He's ready to go. But when you have an injury prone back, getting an epidural, it's something to think about. Not necessarily in this game one because he's going to be a superhuman on an epidural strength painkiller. Um, but uh, just to keep an eye out in general, I love this matchup for Alvin Kamara and he's. I am not. I will not be surprised if he finishes his RB1.
1: I'm not too worried. There's an argument to be made that Alvin Kamara is more valuable when he faces a defense that's good against the run, because it forces the Saints to pass more. And as Michael has said, a target is worth 2.7 times more than a carry mm-hmm. historically. So that's just going to force him to pass, to pass more, catch more passes. And last year the Bucks were great against the run; they were even good against pass catching backs. But Kamara still finishes running back 17 and running back three in the two games last year. Yep. So there's nothing to worry about with Alvin Kamara. One of those hobbled. I should mention, and in both games, like he had sixteen receptions in those games combined and twenty nine rush attempts. I mean, I expect more of the same, so I'm I'm certainly not being scared away from Alvin Kamara.
0: What about Mike Thomas? Does he continue to get back to his beastly ways?
1: Yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense was one of the absolute worst defenses we've seen in a while against the pass last year, and obviously. You start Mike Thomas every week, but against the Bucks, you have one of those huge splash game possibly coming from Michael Thomas where he can go for like 150 on 15 catches and a touchdown.
0: I will say this, um, not right now, but I think that the Bucks, depending on a couple players, could have a very shady, well, much improved defense this year. I'll tell you this. Of two factors. Give me one second. In the second half, they were a much better defense. And on top of that, you don't have Jameis Winston throwing 30 picks and putting you in, in precarious positions.
1: Yeah, that's true. And they like uh, you just pointed out, they were much better over the back half once they got, I guess, more acclimated as a unit together. I don't know why there was such a drastic difference between the first half and second half for the Bucks, but they did get a lot better. With that being said, it's still Michael Thomas, so I don't give a flying fadoodle. I'm going to bring back dart throw of the week. Because mine is Traquan Smith.
0: Yo, I have here as my notes, Traquan Smith. Jason, you're usually a fan of Traquan in the Dome. What's your opinion on this? That's That's my only note.
1: (laughs) That's my opinion. He's in the Dome. Look, I know that they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, but if you look at the last few years, the number two wide receiver for the Saints has always been a deep shot wide receiver. Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith even a couple years ago. It hasn't been the slot guy. Sanders and Cook may cannibalize each other. But Traquan Smith, in his short career, has been good at home. I mean, it hasn't been great. But in his home games in his career since he started playing, his last 10 home games, two and a half catches per game, stick with me, 40 yards, 0.81 touchdowns per game. That's like 10 points in PPR. Like, he's been decent at home, and that's without seeing much work. And it should be a good game. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders being there doesn't scare you, though. Snap count and such. I think Traquan's a different player. They're going to bring him in to run deeper routes, and that's where they need to connect. You did say dart throw, so.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it's Sanders in the slot and Traquan on the outside. No, Emmanuel Sanders
1: Sanders scares me. Like Jason pointed out when we were talking about the Saints uh, in the heat wave, Sanders played 17 games last year uh, because he missed both bye weeks when he was traded the dude was under 33 receiving yards eight times so like he was very on and off and I know Sanders has historically been a very good receiver but the dude's 34 years old now and the number two receiver in the Saints offense isn't always that great like the number two receiver in the Saints offense you'd expect it to be better than it is with Drew at quarterback but it's just really not that involved in the offense and if Jason's here talking about how Traquan Smith might have a role as a deep guy, that's even worse for Emmanuel Sanders this week. I'm not super interested in Emmanuel Sanders here. I have him near wide receiver 50 in my rankings. I, I'm just, it's a good matchup. I just don't really like the setup for him to do any, to do much this week.
0: Common theme you're gonna hear us talking about in this whole episode is, you know, roles are undefined. We have no idea. So week one's gonna be a learning experience. Like, True if, if Emmanuel Sanders comes out and catches eight balls, and like Jared Cook only catches three, then you know that oh shit, something's going down. Yep. I'm um, talking about Jared Cook. Just to put out this out there, Bucks are seventh worst in the, N- worst in the NFL um, in points against the tight end. And Jared Cook in his two games against the Bucks finishes tight end five and tight end ten in two games. So go ahead and play him, Drew Brees. No reason at all to sit.
1: Yeah, definitely start Drew Brees. This is one of the games where uh, he has some tremendous upside.
0: Yeah, I mean he's home. He's playing a bad defense. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's, let's get it. All right, uh, let's go to our next game. It is the Dallas Cowboys, America's the team, baby, against the Los Angeles Rams. I
1: just no one said Oakland Raiders, or maybe we'd said Oakland the whole time and didn't realize. I don't remember saying Vegas. I don't remember saying Vegas. Maybe we just said Raiders repeatedly. Yeah, I
0: think we just said Raiders a lot.
1: The Raiders. We oh didn't do God. that. No, thank God. <laughs> um,
0: Cowboys at Rams. Tim hates that so much. I hate it. Is the next game. Yo, Zeke. <laughs> Zeke, this fucking monster, bro. Like, this guy didn't even... I, I He didn't even end as, an, as less than an RB2 all we all year last year. But... He did have five games of RB two. Four of those five games were in the first f- uh, um, four of those five weeks were in the first five weeks of the season that. last started year. Slow. Started yeah, slow we because they kind of they kind of eased them in, and then he became the beast that he always meant to do. I think that's the only thing that scares me about Zeke is do they try that same shit again? and have him take it easy in the beginning of the season and then ramp him up in the, it in the second It was a different
1: half. situation last year, though, no? Or am I bugging? Wasn't Zeke dealing with something? Something like that. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I mean, Mike McCarthy was brought in, sure. All right? Like, we've seen in the past, he used Jamal Williams with Aaron Jones. He used James Starks with Eddie Lacy. I think it's going to be a
0: completely different.
1: Exactly. He's done stuff McCarthy. like that. But even so, Jones and Lacy were still great. So, he's going to be a stud. They're going to lean on him early. Week 15 last year, Zeke and Pollard combined for 248 yards and three touchdowns against the Rams. The Rams' defense, run defense is not good. Like, I'm pretty sure... Was is Wade Phillips fired? I'm not sure. I don't remember, but Wade Phillips... Yeah, I, I do remember, actually. He was fired. I remember because Sean... I was like... It must have been intimidating for Sean McVay to fire Wade Phillips. Like, yeah, to fire someone like, like double like that, his that age. Actually. Anyway... Wade Phillips, in his old age, was a genius. He decided, let's forget about defending the run. Who cares about the run? It's a passing offense. I don't think he should have been fired. That was a genius move. So now they're bringing Brandon Staley, but I don't think much is going to change at the moment. Like, it's not like they're, they're just going to snap their fingers and their Rams are going to be a great good def- great run defense. So there's nothing to worry about with Zeke. Yeah, I'm not worrying about Zeke at all. Um, Yeah, I mean,
0: it is Zeke. Uh, All right, let's go to Dak and the pass catching options then because Jason, in the beginning of the first episode, said something about Amari Cooper. And, I, 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 you know, explain yourself.
1: Amari Cooper is not a great football player. He's a good one. What makes him good is that he feasts on bad cornerbacks. What makes him not great is that he gets beat by good cornerbacks. And you can say the same thing about his home road splits. He's good at home. He's bad on the road. The last time Cooper went up against Jalen Ramsey was week 15. Ramsey won that bout easily, holding Cooper to one catch for 19 yards. The Cowboys are also on the road. In his career, Cooper's per game average on the road is four catches, 53 yards, 0.28 touchdowns. Traquan Smith numbers. His home averages are five catches, 79 yards, 0.58 touchdowns. Better Traquan Smith numbers. He's going against Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Way better. better. He's on the road. Amari Cooper is not even going to be in the top 36 wide receivers this week.
0: Okay, well, okay, I I agree that Amari Cooper definitely does not do well against number one receivers like, I mean, cornerbacks like Jalen Ramsey. Um, But I'm interested to see how... The personnel is used this year because I, I think I was going to say
1: that too with McCarthy at the helm. Yeah, because I
0: think that CD Lamb getting drafted was not um, was not a, an accident. I think they want to move Cooper into the slot a lot more and get him away from number one type wide receivers. And if they can do that, then Cooper still has a chance to have a pretty good game. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's used because if he's used traditionally like Jason Garrett used him, then I agree with Jason, he's a pass. But I, I think that there's a, such a great chance that McCarthy moves him around the formation and gets
1: him away from. Jalen Ramsey, that he might have an opportunity to shine. Yeah, I mean, I am lower than consensus on Cooper. I have him as a low-end wide receiver, too, this week, so I mean, I'm not super high on him. I wouldn't be shocked if this is the game where Gallup outscores Cooper. That happened like six or seven times last I have Gallup season. I, I, didn't, I haven't gone that far. I think Gallup is a high-end wide receiver, three. Coop, more low-end wide receiver, two. But both of them, I think, are in pretty... Not both of them. Gallup is in a decent position here with Coop going up against Jalen Ramsey. And most likely being shadowed by him. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is interesting because... No, he's not. He's a rookie. Is interesting because how will he be used his first week? I'm not saying fantasy-wise interesting. I All just right. mean like generally interesting because I'm, I'm very interested to see how he's used his first week. I mean, if he's the one in the slot with Jalen Ramsey and Hill on the outside as well for the Rams who are both pretty decent... Maybe Lamb does have a pretty good game. I don't really want to trust him week one, but I do think this game has shootout potential, and I would not be shocked if CeeDee Lamb is part of that shootout. I actually, I'm not a big Blake Jarwin guy. I think he's a UDFA who hasn't done much and got beat out by Jason Witten last year, so the hype around him is a little unwarranted. But I kind of like him this week because the Rams' strong suit is their cornerbacks, their secondary, and the Rams were bad against tight ends last year. So if Cooper's as non-existent as I think he's gonna be, with Gallup on the outside, C.D. Lamb a rookie, Blake Charwin's gonna get some looks. I don't hate it either. I'm I'm all aboard the pass catchers, outside of Cooper. I'm a little down on him because I think this could be like a a game where each team puts up twenty eight plus points. Uh, so let's go. What
0: about then? You're obviously starting Dak Prescott if you drafted him. Oh yeah. Of course. Uh, let's
1: go to the other side. I,
0: I like Goff as a QB one this, this week. I have him ranked as such. Um
1: as do I. I like I like him as a streamer. I now. like
0: Robert Woods to start off as a wide receiver one this week and then start his journey towards a yearly wide receiver one this week. I like Cup. I think Van Jefferson from watching Hard knocks seems to be part of the, the offense. He's a rookie though I'm staying away but interesting to see his role uh, same things with Reynolds. We'll get to the tight ends later, but let's talk about these wide receivers. How do you feel about them? I like both Woods and Cup as RB twos or better. I like Woods as a, as a wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, I mean, without Byron Jones, there their secondary is way worse. I mean, Chidobe Awuzie is decent, like he's a solid cornerback. But then they got—he's not even listed as their starter right now. If that's—if that's, if that's crazy, that's crazy. Is he not? I don't know. That doesn't make much sense. I, I don't know. know. Either way, Louisiana, and then they like it's just a bunch of guys that most people have never even heard of. So it's it's tough to really. Jordan Lewis is their mediocre slot corner. Yeah, so it's like, are the are these guys going to be good enough to defend Woods, Higby, Cup? The answer is a resounding no, no for me. I and think they're all no. tremendous plays this week. I think Goff, Woods, Higby, Cup. More than likely, Woods, Higby, and Cup. One of them is just going to have like an okay game. I don't expect all three of them to really explode, but they're all in line to have pretty big games here. I, I'd i be very happy to start all four of those guys. And on that note, I think that it's going to be a pass-happy game because if you look at Dallas, they only allowed two 100-yard rushers last year, Yep. and we have Cam Akers, a rookie, Daryl Henderson coming off of an injury, wasn't very good last year, and Malcolm Brown, who was around when they drafted Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers who they don't really believe in. So they're probably going to pass a lot and then when it comes to these three, Malcolm Brown had five touchdowns within the 10 last year. So he might come in for a goal line carry, which limits Acres and Henderson's upside. I'm not a big Henderson guy. I think Acres is a RB3 play. If you need to start a major RB2, if you draft a major RB2, it's fine. I'd be I'd be a little hesitant to trust any of the running options in this game as well. But I do think Akers is at least a flex player. Low-end RB2. I think it's going to be a big Golf Woods cup in Higby. I do want to add about Higby. The Cowboys actually gave up the second most points to tight ends last season. You don't really hear the Cowboys Ooh. when you think tight ends. 110 receptions. Most in the league allowed to tight ends. So, good spot here for Tyler Higby to grow off of his tremendous end to the last season. Uh,
0: I, s- I put out a tweet uh, a couple months ago where I said, by the end of this season... People who said, I'm fading Tyler Higby because of Gerald Everett are going to look back and say that that sentence is gibberish. Um, it's man dumb. Yeah, I think it's going to be proven in week one. Um, All right, that is the Cowboys and the Rams. Let's go on to the Steelers and the Giants. Let's start on the Steelers' side because it is really interesting over there. Uh, James Conner, when he's healthy, you lock him in and you say, go, young man, rumble, young man, rumble.
1: Yes, and that's what Mike Tomlin just said. He called him his feature back, called him his workhorse back. And he was the running back 9 in weeks 1 through 8 last year. So fire me up James Conner. I have him as my top 10 running back. Do you know I think Yeah, fire him James up. James Conner
0: even that even as RB9 last year, people forget that he was going as like the 5th or 4th overall pick in some drafts. So I think that like people were jaded a little bit at the re- like even though he was an RB9, he was the RB9. And then he got injured. So, like, people forget about you after you do that. Um, Don't forget. Big Ben is back. Everything in camp said he looks great. A little Deontay Johnson love today. Big Ben said that the sky's the limit and that he runs crisp routes and gets open. Um, I, I mean, I know that not everyone can go in, but I like Connor in this game. I like Juju. I like Deontay. And I like Eric Ebron. So
1: you like Big Ben?
0: I like Big Ben. The Giants have a terrible, terrible secondary. They
1: were the third worst team against quarterbacks Although, last season. I, I
0: will say they added James Bradbury and Logan Ryan. But they're and mediocre at best team.
1: as well. Like, James Bradbury was a big signing, and this is a guy who's been mediocre at best his whole career. Like, he's had some good games, short, but it's not like James Bradbury is a guy you're scared to play against, unless you're ESPN and saying James Bradbury is gonna shut down Julio Jones three years ago. Three years ago, never and gonna forget that. I do want to know. Julio Jones went for like three hundred yards. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, real. Like he went for games. like three hundred yep. yards. Like for real. I do want to know. this is a Monday night, the first Monday night game. hey ooh. I think Big Ben is gonna come out and win all day for Monday night. He wants to show that he's not, that he's not um toast. I am a little scared. Just the rust of Big Ben not playing for an entire season, no preseason games. With that being said, I do think this he's is a, a tremendous though, matchup, man. and yeah, if his arm is he's good, he's played he'll be long good. enough to be good. So I agree. I think Juju's a good play. I think Deontay Johnson is a good play as well. James Conner, Big Ben. I'm interested in all those guys in this game. How do you feel about Ebron, Tim? I like him.
0: Um, I I like him in this game a lot. The Giants were 20th in DVOA against the tight end last year, so obviously we're We're open in that sense.
1: He (sighs) certainly has touchdown upside. He has touchdown
0: upside every game, and they said they're going to deploy him as a Swiss Army knife. I I like Deontay Johnson. I like Eric Ebron. I like Juju, and I like Connor. I really like them all. Um, I mean, right now you're not playing Washington or Claypool or Vance Refrigeration, um, which is Vance McDonald, by the way, for those who who are new to the show. So you're not playing these guys. So, yeah, I like Eric
1: Ebron. They they made it a point to bring back Vance Refrigeration this year, though. I mean, he's he's a tough-nosed motherfucker. Are we sure Ebron's gonna play that much more? Did they
0: sign him after Ebron or before?
1: It's a good point. I don't know. They may have restructured his contract, but they wanted to keep him around.
0: Also, they gave Ebron a lot of money. They gave him starter money.
1: No, I think Ebron definitely. I I just I want to see how Ebron is used in the middle of the field, like the red zone. I'm sure he's gonna get his looks. I want to see if he's in between the twenties as well, or if he's just strictly a red zone. Th- if he's just strictly going to be a red zone threat,
0: we'll find out. At the Giants, we're also going to find out about the Giants. Daniel Jones, um, <laughs> not the smoothest. Not the smoothest, but you know what? It's one <laughs> twenty-five in the morning. Um, Daniel Jones is turnover prone. He was turnover prone in his rookie season. Can he turn that around? This is the wrong team to try and turn that around against. The Steelers forced a lot of turnovers, and although that's not a sticky stat, um, you can see like with Minka Fitzpatrick, with uh, TJ Watt and all those guys, that that could definitely be a stat that repeats itself, and the Steelers get a lot of uh, turnovers again this year. Um, I'm staying away from Jones in this matchup. Uh, I like better matchups when I stream quarterbacks. I don't stream quarterbacks. I don't stream quarterbacks to play quarterbacks against the Steelers. I stream quarterbacks to play qu- quarterbacks against the Panthers. You
1: yeah, know what this I mean? Is, so this, like, is ob- this is an obvious fade game for Daniel Jones. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's stop talking about it. I mean, the Steelers have Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't think this Even is a Hilton's good Even Hilton's a solid s- slot corner. Yeah, I don't think it's a good game for the pass catchers there. I mean, Shepard, Tate, Slayton are all going to cannibalize each other.
0: Well, Tate's, Tate might not play.
1: That would he's change he's missed a, a lot of practice. And then Evan Ingram on the low was on pace for the same amount of targets as Travis Kelsey last year. Young Ayo. quarterbacks like to target their tight ends. I think this is going to be a good Evan Ingram game.
0: I tend to agree. I think it'll,
1: that'll be a weakness in their defense. and it, So Daniel Jones is going to go to Ingram a lot. Shepard I'll trust as a PPR flex play. But Tate and Slayton, I'm not really too high on this week. Yeah, I'm not on Tate and Slayton as well. I, I'm i actually on – Tate and Slayton. I'm there with you 100% on basically everything you said. I think Shepard's a clear superior option here. I thought his ADP the whole season was pretty dumb as he's clearly the number one option when they're all healthy of the receivers. And like Jason said, Evan Ingram, his ability is not in question. It's his health. And right now he's healthy. As long as he's healthy, you're starting him every week as a tight end one because that's just how – that's who he has been his entire career. Even as a rookie, he was a tight end one. Uh, in case you were wondering,
0: because I, I do think you start him. You got him. Um, in case you were wondering, DVOA against the tight end, Pittsburgh was third best in the league last year. But on the flip side, they were 20th against a slot receiver, and that's where Evan Ingram's going to line up a lot. So, um,
1: They're also one of the best run defense in the, in the league, so it might be a slow start for Saquon again. Uh, but he'll probably see enough work. Like Saquon's going to touch the Get both. a bunch of pass catching as well. Yeah. Saquon's just a yeah. locked and loaded start every week.
0: Yeah, he, even when he has one angle, he's locked and loaded. RB one. Um, last game, guys. You guys ready?
1: Y'all ready for this? Last
0: game of the week one slate. Titans at did Broncos. Did we mention
1: James Washington? We did. Clay, Chase, Chase Claypool. Claypool. Yeah,
0: we said we're not starting them at the moment because, you know, it's week right. one. You got to see how it plays this out. This final man. game, did you
1: announce the team? I team? think
0: Chase Claypool, though. I I have a feeling that he's going to take over after in a little bit for James Washington. I think that he's going to be the number two guy. I mean, opposite. I wouldn't be shocked. Opposite I don't Deontay know.
1: Washington's more of a speed guy than Claypool.
0: I know, but Claypool has that has that like length and fifty fifty ball ability that Juju and Deontay Johnson just don't Claypool
1: have. might steal snaps from Eric Ebron. It'll be interesting.
0: Um, Titans at Broncos. Von Miller found out yesterday. Lost for the year. They thought he might only be out for a couple weeks. You want to hear what's even more rough? It was on the last play of training camp. The last play. Training camp was about to be over. The regular season was about to start. And he fucks up his ankle. And now he's out for the season. Um, I mean, you hate to to talk about it like this, but I'm just going to. And now Derrick Henry has an even better matchup.
1: The over-under for this game is only 41 points. I, the Super Titans. Low. The Titans.
0: We tried to tell people last year while well, everyone was like, "They're going on a miracle run." We were the only ones like, "Nah." We predicted that they were going to win those two games, and uh, when their offense is on fire with Ryan Tannehill, everyone's like, "Oh my god, we can't believe Ryan Tannehill's doing for this for the first time." We we're like, "Nah." We predicted that he's been doing this for the last two months. If you look at our stats, uh, true throw value at BrodaFantasy.com by the way. Now everyone's like. Can the Titans repeat their magical season? That's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity from last year. And we're like, yeah. mm, yes, because you are continuously underestimating
1: Ryan Tannehill, and you continue to. Yeah. And that's why it's so long, basically. Let me just tell you this, guys. Chris Harris is out the door. A.J. Boye is their new AJ main guy, Brown. Main cornerback. yeah. A.J. God. Brown. A.J. versus A.J. Sign me up for some A.J. Brown week one, man. Sign me up for some A.J. Brown week one. He is going to absolutely feast. He Yo, he's going to do great, man. He's a great wide receiver, and A.J. Boye was not good last year. Yeah, A.J. Boye has lost a step
0: after the I, injuries. What
1: I want to see is because the Denver front is still good with Alphon Miller. So I want to see how the tight ends are able to protect Tannehill because they didn't improve their O-line much, and Tannehill was sacked in almost every 10, like once every 10 drawbacks last year, which is absurd.
0: They they actually lost offensive line pieces. I, th- I would say their offensive line got worse.
1: So I want to keep an eye on that. Because um, Derrick Henry last year, 28 yards on 15 carries against Denver. Again, that was with Von Miller. It's a different year. It's a primetime game. He just got paid. I do think the variables, the human element is different in this game. I want to see what the O line can do. Because if that O line is good, Tannehill and o- AJ Brown are going to be on another level. Uh So
0: you're obviously not starting Corey Davis. You're not starting Humphreys. Uh no. You're definitely starting AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. Yes. Um, what about Tannehill? Are you like where is he? Are you are you starting him for sure against this Broncos defense? Like, what are you what are you looking at?
1: I'm probably not starting Tannehill this week. Um, there are people with better matchups. I like Goff against Dallas that you could stream. Uh, Garoppolo is an interesting guy. Big Ben is an interesting guy. Minshew. Denver defense is good. Um, I know they lost Chris Harris. Now they don't have Von Miller, so maybe they're actually not that good. And Bradley Chubb is still on his way back from knee surgery. So he's, you know. Yeah, so maybe I'm a little too low on Tannehill at the moment. But um, I think it'll be a – Derek Henry's going to have a good
0: game. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what about Jonu Smith? Are you taking a shot on him this week?
1: I wouldn't be against it. I have John who has my tight end one in a few leagues, and unless I have someone else that I like better, which is unlikely, I'm not going to drop him for anyone. I prefer Jack Doyle this week, maybe Blake Jarwin, but besides that, I'm cool with John U. Smith. Yeah, I mean, game. the Broncos do have a couple safeties that are pretty good, which is not great for John U. Smith. I like to see if John U. Smith is the clear number two guy in that passing attack coming straight into the season after a whole offseason as the main guy Uh, so, I'm not super intrigued week one, but I definitely want to see how involved he is for the future, because he is someone who garnered a lot of hype coming into the season and has some real upside.
0: Has nothing to do with this, but I just got some news in the wire that, uh, the Jaguars, Jaguars, uh, signed Dare. Agamboale. Yeah.
1: Did they? I heard it was a rumor. Is it official?
0: Um... Mike Garofalo says that they are expected to sign him. But, you know, Mike Garafolo. Um, that
1: that that would just suck because their only relevant running background right is Chris Thompson. And Dari just would be the same person. I, I wonder mean, if, if he's it's, probably if just it's, like a – it could just be a special team signing too, honestly. I also
0: wonder if it's Chris Thompson insurance because Chris Thompson is so uh, injury prone. We'll see. Um, Let's go over to the last team we're going over, the Broncos. Um, Let's go to the running backs first because I think that's going to be the most – the most telling. We're gonna have to learn Melgo, Philip Lindsay. I have more Melgo than I thought that I was gonna have in the beginning of the season. I have two shares of Melgo across ten teams that I care about um, that aren't best ball. So, I mean, I can see him being good. I can. I think that he has a great he has great opportunity where he's at. But at the same time, does he split with Philip Lindsay fifty fifty? Does he get that? Goal line work, my gut says yes, but I can't be for sure.
1: That's a good point. I mean, you can't be for sure. The thing, the funny thing is that you pay Melgo, so you think he's going to be the early down back. <coughs> but then when you look at who the better pass catcher is in their careers, it's Melgo as well. Yeah. But then Melgo is also not going to be a three down back. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a Melgo series, Lindsay series, Melgo series, Lindsay series, something of that sort. Or if Melgo runs it four times in a row, Lindsey comes in runs it four times in a row. Something like that. Because yeah. I do expect it to be a, a pretty close split. So I think both have RB2 flex appeal. I think it's going to be that way weekly, but their ceilings are limited. I agree. I got Melgo as RB22 and Lindsey as RB30. I definitely do think they both have some appeal this week. And I am very, interest, very interested to see how that snap share plays out. Is it Melgo sixty five thirty five is it more fifty fifty. Does Lindsay even maybe out snap Go. Time will tell, but it's uh it's definitely gonna be interesting to see. Both guys, I do agree with Jason though, have limited ceilings, at least for this game. Let's see how uh let's see how it plays out. Um I wanna talk about before I even go to the wide receivers, I want to talk about Noah Fant because
0: um the Broncos were susceptible to getting cr- uh smashed by the tight end and they just lost Logan Ryan who is their very good slot corner. And he was very good last year. So the question is, if Fant, who they said they're going to line up in the slot, line up at tight end, um, he had that magic number of 500 rush, uh, receiving yards in his career, mm-hmm. which usually leads to a breakout in the second year. Does he waste any time or does he break out right away against the Titans? I think that Noah Fant is a guy that I, could, I would start at tight end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have him in my top 12 this week. I do think he is a solid matchup against Tennessee. And they got, I mean, they got Adoree Jackson out on the outside going up against Corlin Sutton, who Adoree Jackson is a very good cornerback. And then you got the rookies, right? You got Jerry Judy and maybe KJ Hamler if he's healthy. And then the running backs and then Noah Fant. So Noah Fant is oh, in Tim line. Tim Patrick, for, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, but Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton I don't think are gonna like steal much work.
0: For what it is, Tim Patrick is currently listed as the number two receiver on the defense Round. Yeah, but come I'm, on. With again, that. like that's why I preface yeah. it with what it is.
1: But that's that's another positive for Noah Fant though. Like I would not be shocked at all if he ends up getting six to eight targets this game. And, I'd be okay taking the wait and see approach. I think the Tennessee defense is a good one. Mike Vrabel's a good coach. No offense saw th- Less than three targets per game with Drew Locke last year. We saw all the additions they made on offense. Michael just listed the names. I'd rather wait and see for this week. I don't. I don't blame you. I just. I do think you might be missing out on an opportunity because I. I do think Adoree Jackson on Cortland Sutton is gonna take away some targets from Sutton. I think like Michael's trying to get me into a pyramid scheme. I don't disagree with you, but I feel like you are missing out on an opportunity. (laughs) Let me tell you why. Bro, last pyramid
0: scheme I went to, bro, I I drove all the way out to fucking Long Island. Like, yo, when I got there, I was so fucking angry because, you know, it was the same exact pyramid scheme as everything else, but they're making it seem like it's something special.
1: Yeah, that's how it always is.
0: And, yo, afterwards, I had such a face on that the guy came to talk to me and shake my hand, and I was just trying to get out of there. And I was trying to, and and he's like, "Well, you're not interested in this, are you?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "All right, well, uh, goodbye." So I was so uninterested that the those people didn't even say, "Oh, I'm like, all right, leave that guy alone." I I hate that fucking shit. Um, what about Jerry Judy? That's the last person to talk about. What about Jerry Judy? How do you guys feel about him this year? Uh, well, we can also talk about. We
1: haven't really spoke about Drew Locke much. Um. I think it all it's gonna come down to the O-line as well. The Tennessee defense was good and they just added Javion Clowney. Under the that radar move. Did. Yeah. People they didn't were, really talk about it. Jarrell, I doubt he's Jarrell, gonna play
0: like a full they lost Draw Casey to the to the Broncos. They did. So, you know, that's kind of just like piece for piece. But they
1: listen, you know how I feel about defensive tackles. Defensive ends are way more important. He was good though. Defensive tackles are basically a waste in today's game. Because what they mostly do is stop the run. And who cares about the run? So, the Tennessee defense got better. So, I want to see how the Denver O-line keeps up. And I want to see how the targets are distributed. I think Sutton's a good play because we know he's going to be the number one receiver. After that, it's a big question mark. I do think Jerry Judy has some flex appeal, though. Again, it's very risky because he's a rookie. But... I want to see uh I want to see how involved he is in the offense. Like you said, he's like listed behind Tim Patrick right now and all that. So they they do play games with these depth charts and shit as well, which is frustrating at times, but Jerry Judy is a talent and a half. So I would not be shocked if he ends up getting a putting up like 9, 10 points. We'll see. Time will tell. We did it. We did it. It is time to end this. It's
0: one forty in the morning. Yes it is, baby. Um, in case
1: I could keep going. Let's Tim talk about has week not two. been up this late in maybe eight or Let's nine. Talk about years. About well, week two. I
0: just started work again. So like this is yesterday I was asleep at nine PM. Wow! No wonder you're just because I was so now. Well, okay. I was so tired from the day before when I got no sleep, <laughs> so okay. I just fell asleep mad early. But um, yeah, we gotta be up in like six hours. Yeah, same with me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what was I saying? The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is officially sponsored by Manscaped. So if you want to be tired but also have clean ass balls, uh, go to Manscaped.com. Go to put in End, a, and fire, head. and fire,
1: uh, boxers. Fireboxers, T-shirts. Yeah, Yeah. I've always been the guy who was like, why are you going to spend money on boxers and shit? Until recently, I started like, you know what, I'm actually going to invest in boxers because I realized having bad boxers really sucks. And the pair they sent us is tremendous. You know what's great about them, man? They're boxer briefs, by the way. Boxer boxer briefs, briefs, yes, yes. They don't have the pee hole. I love boxer briefs that don't have the pee hole. That shit is historic. I don't need a hole to pee, dude. Prehistoric. Yeah, Fine, whatever. Straight. I don't need a, a hole to pee. And they're like, but they're like performance boxers. I don't well. want my shit falling out. Briefs. It, fuck a pee hole.
0: It's because giant because you see, Jason has a giant dick. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. Um, and you could see it really good because he's nice and manscaped. All down right, there. dude. Yeah, we're gonna uh, start 20, out OnlyFans as 20- well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna be manscaped on OnlyFans. Twenty <laughs> percent off with the promo code B R O T O, uh, and free shipping. So check that out, manscaped.com. And also, party belts. If you want to be completely shaven with your Manscaped and wear nothing but your party belt to your next draft, only that's fans. what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, only fans. <laughs> uh, you can make a completely customized belt for a very affordable price. Uh, and you can get 15% <laughs> off with our promo code BROTO. Uh, party belts, the official championship belt of Probably the Brodo Fantasy, Fantasy Football. Football Podcast. That's, that's the
1: tough part. That's the one you paused on?
0: I was pointing at you because I wanted you to be proud of me because I didn't skip up at all. Oh. I
1: did crazy good
0: ad reads today. Uh, crazy good. Crazy good. My ad reads were almost as good as my predictions. Not for nothing,
1: you did have like 18 takes because of technical difficulties. <laughs> Yo, I, I really well, refined Well, because it. of technical difficulties, not because Tim doesn't know how to read. Right. <laughs> I really, speak.
0: I really refined it, but I had a chance to refine it today. <laughs> the first one was about seven minutes long.
1: Yeah, the first one wasn't even technical difficulties. It was just a bad job yeah i did With seven
0: <laughs> minutes i was just talking about my balls <laughs> so i was like we need to like cut that <laughs> so uh yeah uh anyway uh com for all of our all of our rankings all of our uh stats including true throw value and true target value um you can go to partybelts.com on the website as well uh you could also find articles there. We're going to be publishing an article that is going to have our voice in it at least once every week. We have a team full of young hungry writers who are also pretty damn good at it. Um shout out uh Nick Casanova and Giancarlo Gianluca for all for and Mike Shiz. And Mike Shiz. How could I forget Mike Shiz? The Shiz himself, the Shizzy, the Shizzy Glizzy. Um he for all contributing and becoming part of the Broto team. Um, you guys are a big part of the growth that we have seen this summer. Thank you guys so much uh, for all that. As you can tell, we are, we are on our shias, and we're trying to continue to do that. Um, we are going to be bringing you more and more episodes. Don't forget we have a Monday recap episode. Two of these episodes every Monday. We're playing around with the thought of a live stream every Sunday. Um, this is because we're no longer playing football in the morning because of COVID. So we're, we'll be in touch about that as soon as we get everything set up for that. Uh, we'll probably be having a live stream and also an extra episode every Tuesday for waivers. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. We can get a whole bunch of extras and so on. Jason, where can they find you in the meantime?
1: At Broto FF Jason.
0: Michael? At Broto FF Mike. You can find me at Broto FF Tim. See what I did there? Yo, I'm not going to lie. I could have just said anything. I don't know what I said. I can't remember it at all. <laughs> Like, I don't know what I said. I hope I didn't say anything. Tim needs to sleep. I need to go to sleep. Um, So I'm going to do that. Peace out. Later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, get ready to dominate week one. Hell yeah. 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 Yeah.